Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to New Creation Realities. And we're going to go ahead and continue with our lessons in Christ. And just before I uh, continue with the lessons, once again, I can't remember if I made an announcement in our previous lesson, but just continue to keep those in Houston and the surrounding areas of South Texas in your prayers, just with the recent um, hurricane and all the flooding that's going on there. Just keep them in your prayers before the Lord that the Lord's will be done in that situation. So, <clears throat> I want to look at, with this lesson today, I want to look at the phrase, en emoi. And that's one of our Greek uh, terms, our, our Greek phrases. It's in me. Uh, and I want us to look at John chapter 15 for this, but we're going to look at a few verses just before then. <clears throat> and there's a couple of statements that I want to make and uh, just to get us to that, to that passage in John chapter 15. And for one, I want us to look at our principal verse once again, which is found in John chapter 14, verse 20, where Jesus says, I've changed the translation here, in that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And so, with that, there is a knowing that is not according to the natural mind that is not bound to the natural mind, that is not bound to the temporal mind, the mind below. Because the statement is, you will know that I am in my Father, you in me, and I in you. That, that, is, not a, uh, that is not a doctrinal statement. That is not a teaching that Jesus gave. That is a reality that would come about when the Spirit of God would make known the person of Christ in the soul of the one who is born again. It is something that is known by the Spirit of God in the face of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> this is not, once again, a natural knowing. This is an eternal knowing. In fact, it is God's very own knowing that the heart at this point would be submitted unto. In that day, you will know. And so, just real quick, our heart is either submitted unto the knowledge of man below, which is darkness, or our heart is submitted unto the knowledge of God above, which is light, the day. And that's how we, that's where we find that. <clears throat> so it's always, it's always, it always has something, um, it always has to do with God's knowing, okay? and not our knowing. And that's just a beautiful example of that because with our knowing, what Jesus said just does not make sense at all. There's no natural example in that, with that in the scriptures, not even the vine and the branches, which we will look at it in a little bit. So, <clears throat> the there I've spoken of an order and... Basically, the order that I've spoken of is first reality, then the knowledge of reality. Now, for the born-again believer, 
everything comes out of the knowledge of reality uh, in this sense. One of the things that we're going to be looking at is serving the Lord. And this is based on knowing the Lord. There's a knowing there, but it, once again, it is not our knowing of the Lord, but it's God's very own knowing of his son. Okay. So I want to read. In John chapter 12, verse 26, before I do that, I, I want to take this off, this, this, this board off. And Amoy, uh, and Strong's number 1722 that we've been looking at a lot, and Amoy, Strong's number 1473, in me. This is specifically where Jesus is saying, in me. All right? So, <clears throat> let's look at John. Chapter 12, verse 26. This is Jesus himself speaking. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Okay. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. Now, <clears throat> for those who are born again, once again, the moment of new birth, Christ appears in the soul, and because Christ is present in the soul, the soul, at that very exact same moment, because Christ is present in the soul, the soul is now found in salvation. The soul is now found in eternal life. The soul is now found in peace. The soul is now found in love. Uh, in righteousness, all these terms that testify of Christ himself, because the soul is now found in Christ himself, because Christ is present in the soul. Everything is dependent upon Christ himself being in, found in the soul, being present in the soul, all right? <clears throat> so now with this uh, verse right here, John chapter 12, verse 26, if anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there, my servant will be also. And I can ask this, okay, where's Jesus? And so, because this is not a natural understanding, the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, he fills both heaven and earth. There's several passages uh, in the scriptures. One of them is John, excuse me, Jeremiah. <laughs> oh, excuse me. In Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 24. This is the Lord speaking. Can anyone hide himself in secret places so I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, says the Lord. Fill the heavens and fill the earth. Now the earth, I'm looking at it specifically as the soul. All right. That's how we're looking at the earth in these lessons. And so <clears throat> he who loves, where was I? Verse 26. There you go. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. Okay. So for the one who's born again, 
the Holy Spirit has already brought our soul in reality unto where the Lord is found. Now, we who are born again, our life is found above. Our life is a risen life. Our life is the resurrection, who Christ himself is. We cannot find our life, who Christ is, looking below among the dead. The beautiful testimony of the two angels, of the two witnesses of the resurrection that were right there at the tomb, when the, when the women came to the tomb looking for Jesus, and they didn't find him, they, didn't, they sure didn't find him in the tomb, and the angels say, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Risen implies above, not below. Okay? So <clears throat> even right here, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. The moment of new birth, our soul is found in Christ because Christ is found in our soul. That is reality. That is the truth. Now there needs to be the knowledge of reality. And uh, where it says right here, if anyone serves me, him my Father will honor. And so serving the Lord, and this is for one who's born again, of course, Serving the Lord, I, w- I want to say this. God can do that which he desires to do through any soul that is born again. He can even do that which he desires to do through a soul that is not born again. The difference, my brothers and sisters, for the one who is born again is basically this. Who will take the credit for what is done? If our heart is submitted unto the mind of Adam below, then man will take the credit because before the face of the heart is the Adamic face, the mind of man, the face of man, the face of humanity. If the heart is submitted unto the eternal mind above, the mind of Christ, then automatically we will give glory to God. We will give God credit because we will be beholding the only one who is able, the only one who is capable, and we will be declaring, like all the others who beheld him, it is not I, but Christ. And God is glorified in our hearts, and God is glorified in our midst of those around. And so, That's the difference right here with this. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone, there my servant will be also. And I'll just end right there. Now, this this term follow, it hints uh, right here in John, it hints at its spiritual, and I'm reading the New International Dictionary of New Testament Theology, the abridged edition, for the word uh, follow. If anyone serves me, uh, let him follow me. In John, 
It hints at its spiritual implications for fellowship with the exalted one. For fellowship with the exalted one. Especially John 12, 26, the verse that we're reading. So it's not, here, it's not a Jesus of Nazareth, but Jesus right here is declaring his resurrection. Because the whole context of it is where he he is saying, except a corn of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abides alone, speaking of himself. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. This he spoke of, we go on reading, this he spoke of his death. Death, burial, resurrection. So it hints at its spiritual implications for fellowship with the exalted one. Okay. So if any man, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. The everything, everything that is of God is continually directing the heart, the soul above unto Christ. This is what God does. Man doesn't do this. I don't do this. You don't do this. Uh, our minds don't do this. We, we do not practice or read enough to develop the skills to acquire this or perform this. No, we, we do not do this. It is only that which is of God, and it is only God. It is only God and that which is of God that is, directs our heart and our soul above unto Christ. Everything else is directing below. Everything else. Man, <clears throat> man indeed may get a hold of something that the Lord has said, and man can take that and now present and formulate a doctrine out of it, or a teaching out of it, or a message out of it, to be learned, to be practiced, to be adhered to. But remember, brothers and sisters, if the thing, T-H-I-N-G, is of God, whatever it is, it is designed and purposed of God to direct the heart, the soul, unto Christ above. Only God does this. Only He directs above unto Christ His Son. Man, once again, does not do this. Man does not do this. Okay? <clears throat> even with, um, with our example, I think we covered it in our previous lesson, even with the example of the children of Israel stuck in, stuck in Egypt, Moses, it was in Moses' heart to go visit his, his brethren, and he wanted to deliver them. I mean, there he goes, he strikes an Egyptian, kills an Egyptian, he buries him in the sand, and yet the fullest extent of that, he remains in Egypt. And so does the rest of Israel, the children of Israel. You see? These were man's good intentions. These were Moses. Moses's, Moses, apostrophe. These were his good intentions. And yet his good intentions still came short and come short because man, when the heart is submitted unto the natural mind, my brothers and sisters, it is impossible with man. It does, and it does not direct unto Christ above. And yet when the Lord, 
sends Moses after Moses had seen the Lord. The Lord specifically says this, you will bring them back to this place, the Mount of the Lord, mountain of the Lord, not the valley, no, the mountain above where Moses saw the face of God. You will bring them back and worship me in this place. Out from among the dead, out from Egypt, out from the burial. Okay? And so that's the difference. Man cannot do this. Only God does this. Even with, even with man's good intentions, even religious man, his good intentions. But see, <clears throat> all the religions of the world, including the Christian religion of man, are the same. They are devoid of the person of Christ. They're devoid of the person of Christ. All of the religions of man. See, once again, man can give you a list of do's and don'ts. Man can tell you how to live, how to not live. In fact, very sadly, that's what's communicated as the gospel uh, this very time, this very day uh, and time, the year 2019. This is what's communicated as the gospel. Okay, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to stop doing this. You need to start doing this. And this is how you can perform it. And this is how you can please God. And this is how you do this. And this is how you do that. But it's all centered around giving, I think, uh, during this age and time, they call it life coaches. But it's all geared to showing and instructing a person how to live below on the earth. Or, if, if the religion is a more quote-unquote spiritual religion, it prepares you, gets you ready for life above, life on a higher plane, life on a higher realm. And yet all these religions of man remain devoid of the person of Christ himself. Because the whole issue with God is not to live on a higher plane, uh, in a higher reality. No, 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 no. The whole issue with God is to bring the soul under the person of his son. His son is the issue. God and only God is continually directing the soul and the heart above unto Christ his son. Not just above, no, above unto Christ his son. And that's the key. That's the issue. It is a person and that person is God's very own son. <clears throat> So let's, uh, where was I? Jesus also said this concerning the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. He says, he said, when he, the Spirit of truth is come, he will take that which is of mine, declare it, show it to you, testify of Christ. He will lead, he will guide into all truth, all truth who is Christ himself not like a true message, not a true teaching, though, my brothers and sisters, there is a true message, there is a true teaching, there is a true doctrine, but the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, does not lead to a doctrine, 
does not lead to a message, does not lead to a teaching. No, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, leads to the truth, the truth who is Christ himself, a person, everything of God. God and everything of God is continually leading unto a person, the exalted one, Christ the Son. <clears throat> okay, so let's look at John chapter 15. Let me start with verse 1. The... <clears throat> Oh yeah, <laughs> there was uh, as I as I mentioned. There's the spiritual order, reality, then the knowledge of reality, and for the believer, everything comes out of the knowledge of reality. Uh, God the Father knows the truth. That's why everything is settled, settled, complete, and secure in His Son. is based upon what God knows, not what man knows. Therein is our security. Now. The heart, on the other hand, can be submitted to the knowledge of man below, once again, which is complete ignorance and darkness, or the heart can be submitted unto that which is above, which is the mind of Christ, the mind of the Son, a person, light, wisdom, knowledge, understanding. I want to read a passage before I read uh, John chapter 15. This is Matthew Matthew chapter 7, verse, let me take a look here. <clears throat> verse 22 and verse 23. This is Jesus himself speaking. He is, and you all may have heard this passage, uh, this whole passage right here. I love this. Let me, just, let me just start with verse 21 because it kind of sets the stage here. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Now we know that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And if someone says by the Holy Spirit, Jesus is Lord, then that one is most likely born again. And because the eternal King, the Son of God, is present in the soul, my brothers and sisters. The kingdom is present in the soul, and therefore the soul is present in the kingdom. Now, this is for us who are born again. This is this is only for us who are born again. Now, what is our heart submitted unto? Is it submitted unto the knowledge of man below, the mind, the Adamic mind, where it believes that Pharaoh is still in control? the ruler of the dead? Or is our heart submitted unto the true king who is present, the one who is Lord both of the living and the dead, Christ himself? And so as verse 22 of Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name. We have done all this. We have, quote-unquote, served you. And brothers and sisters, uh, prophesying is a good thing. Casting out de devils, demons is a good thing. Uh, miracle signs and wonders, that's a good thing. But what is the heart submitted unto? Remember, God, 
<laughs> God will use a donkey to get the attention of the heart, to get the attention of a soul. The thing is, is whether that donkey will glory in itself or glory in the ability of another, in the only one who has ability at all. Verse 23, And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And that is the key. Once again, first reality, then the knowledge of reality. And it's not like, once again, it is not like the knowledge of a of a higher level of plane, a higher plane, a higher level, a higher reality. No, no, no. No, when I say reality, it's Christ. It is a person, Christ himself. Christ himself is the reality of God. So first Christ appears in the soul. Then there must be the knowledge of the Christ who is present in the soul, the Son of God who is present in the soul. Now, if by a work of the Holy Spirit, and it is only by a work of the Holy Spirit, the heart is directed unto Christ above, then there is the knowledge of the Son of the living God that the heart is submitted unto. No longer the knowledge of man below, which is complete ignorance, but it is the knowledge of God above who is Christ. This is where this verse comes into play. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. But if the heart is directed unto Christ, I know you. And the heart, listen, glories in the Lord. Glory to God alone. No glory in man, no, no, no. We can only glory in what we have done. We cannot glory in what another has done, my brothers and sisters. If we are beholding the only one who has ability, then our glory will be only in that one. Of course, that one is Christ himself, the Son. <clears throat> the exalted one, the exalted son. Let's see. In John chapter 15, I want to read uh, verses 1 through 8. This is Jesus himself speaking. And once again, here's where we're, we're, we are going to find uh, the two terms, en emoi, that's in me. Uh, verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Okay, this of course is before Jesus brought to the crucifixion and burial, and before he is raised. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser, and yet he's declaring reality nonetheless. Verse 2, every branch in me, and moi, and uh, moi, forgive me, And emoi that does not bear fruit, he takes away. 
and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Now, <clears throat> before we get excited with this uh, word, takes away, and we think, oh my gosh, uh, if I'm not bearing fruit, there goes my salvation. No, my brothers and sisters, that is not the case. Who do we think we are? Can man in his ability, which is no ability whatsoever, undo what God Almighty hath done? The moment of new birth brought about a union between our soul and the, the Son of the living God, the Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of the Son? No, we cannot undo what God hath done. This, uh, this word, away, takes away, is Strong's number 142. Look at this. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. It is... Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Whew. Thank you. It is aide, uh, the Greek word, Greek term aide, and forgive me if I'm mispronouncing it. It's charge number 142. Let's go ahead and look at that. This is uh, just Strong's Greek Dictionary for this term. Listen to this. A primary root to lift up. By implication, to take up or away. Now I go figuratively, to raise, in parentheses, the voice. I love this. It goes on, uh, keep in suspense the mind, especially to sail away. That is, way anchor. So, <clears throat> where's our verse? Every branch in me. He's already declaring a spiritual union that has taken place for the soul, the moment of new birth. A miracle of God has taken place, something that God hath done, something that God hath performed, the eternal change come to the soul. So he's speaking right here as though he's basically declaring the relationship between the soul and he himself, the relationship um, of the believer and Christ, the church and the head, a spiritual union. Every branch in me and emoi that does not bear fruit, he takes away. He lifts up. But my brothers and sisters, remember, it is in knowledge. Because the moment of new birth, well, the moment of new birth is when Christ himself appears in the soul. And because Christ is present in the soul, now the soul is found in Christ. That's why Jesus says, every branch in me, en emoi. So then it's an issue right here. I believe it's an issue of knowledge. 
and not man's knowledge below, which is complete ignorance, darkness, but an issue of the knowledge of God, the heart submitted unto the knowledge of God, right? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, he lifts up. Let's look at that definition again. To take up or away, takes up, lifts up, away from below. The, how shall I say it? Remember, remember when I mentioned that when the Lord sent Moses to the children of Israel in Egypt, he said, you will bring them unto me and they will worship God in this place. Now, I know I'm paraphrasing that, but in essence, that's what he's saying. You will bring them back unto me. They will come unto me and worship me here in this place, the Mount of God above. The whole issue was not leaving Egypt. The whole issue in God's mind was coming unto him. And yet when one takes place, the other is automatic. Later on, the Lord says, you saw what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. That's the issue. The soul, the heart, the soul brought unto the Lord in reality, in truth. And then the, then the heart brought unto the Lord in knowledge. God's unto God's very own knowledge, okay? By implication, to take up or away. In taking up, it is taken away. The, there's an order here, it's found in the book of Job, where Job says, the Lord giveth, and in giving, the Lord taketh away. Then he says this, blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord giveth, and in the Lord giving, the Lord takes away. For the one who's not born again, the Lord giveth life in the person of his son, and in the soul receiving that life, the condition of death that was present in the soul is taken away. So to take up or away, figuratively to raise, like raising the voice. Keep in suspense uh, the mind, especially to sail away, to weigh anchor. Well, the anchor of our soul is in Christ, not below. But if our hearts are anchored to that which is below, the Lord comes to lift that anchor to behold the true anchor of our soul, who is Christ himself. Uh, it goes on, <clears throat> it's translated as away with, bear up, carry, lift up, loose, make, uh, make to doubt, put away, remove, take, take away, take up. All right, so in uh, John chapter 15, verse two, every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away. And 
you can look at it also this way. If there is not the knowledge of God, that the heart is, whoops, that sounded terrible, that the heart is submitted unto, then really what it is is the knowledge of the Adamic mind that the heart is submitted unto. So the Lord takes that away in bringing the heart above unto his own knowledge, where the heart is submitted unto the knowledge of God. When the heart is submitted unto the knowledge of God by work of the Holy Spirit, then the knowledge of the Adamic mind, the, the knowledge of man that the heart was submitted unto is taken away. And I know it sounds like, oh, well, he's just playing with words, but no. Remember, the Lord giveth, and in the Lord given, giving, he taketh away. All right, well, let's go on reading. Jesus goes on to say, uh, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Basically, taking away in knowledge everything that is anchoring the heart below. Remember once again, it is only God and that which is of God that directs the soul and that directs the heart above unto Christ his Son. Man does not do this. This is God who does this. And everything of God is designed and purposed of God for this one end, to bring unto the person of his Son. Time and time and time again. The Now we'll look at it here in a little bit. It's basically the what Paul confessed as the high calling of God in Philippians, but we'll, we'll look at that in a second. All right, uh, verse 3 of John chapter 15. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Verse 4. Abide in me and am I, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me and am I. Abide in me, or excuse me, abide in me, and I in you. Now, remember once again, uh, I've stated this spiritual reality. There is first reality, then the knowledge of reality. Okay? Our souls are permanently, permanently fixed in Christ. Permanently settled, established by God himself in Christ. Because Christ himself is permanently established and settled in our soul, the moment of new birth. The question is, where does our heart abide? Unto what knowledge is our heart submitted unto? Is it submitted unto the, once again, the, the Adamic mind, the knowledge of man below? Where we think, I'm in one place, Jesus is in another, or I'm here, but where's God? Or is our heart submitted unto the eternal mind, unto the mind of Christ above? And we are confessing, not I, but Christ who lives in me. That was the whole issue with the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness. Now, they, 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 in their minds, they were wandering. All God was doing, preparing the ground of their heart to acknowledge, to behold, to acknowledge, 
and confess the one who was eternally present since the moment that the lamb appeared in Egypt. Remember, all the miracle signs and wonders that God did in the land of Egypt, and yet, all done of God, and yet Israel remains among the dead. Still in Egypt, still in the grave, and yet those were done with purpose, preparing the ground of the soul, the ground of the heart, for the one who was to come. When the Lamb appeared, my brothers and sisters, everything changed. They slew the Lamb, put the, door, put the blood on the doorpost and lintel. They went in through the door and they ate the Lamb. The Lamb was now on the inside. Whether they realized it, recognized it, acknowledged it or not. From that moment onward, all God was doing the 40 years in the wilderness was giving them testimony after testimony after testimony, showing them the one who was present in the midst, the king who was present in the midst, the son who was present in the midst. All these testimonies that the heart would turn and behold him. Where was I? John 15, verse 4. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. And I just, me personally, I just see that as, as abiding in knowledge. That's it. Because he starts off with verse... I am, verse 1, I am the true vine, my father is the vine dresser. Verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, every branch in me. He starts off declaring a spiritual union. He starts off declaring a union that has already taken place. And I'll just give this as an example, and I've used this example several times because I think it really um, it bears witness to even to what, uh, what I'm sharing right now. But when I was a kid, uh, I remember my mom would make a meal and then she would call all us kids, all our children to the table. And, you know, everything's prepared. The food is there. Everything's there. My mom's there. My sisters are there. And I'm there also. And very visual, if you can see this, I'm there like this. I don't know if you can see that. My mom would tell me, Jimmy, mijito, where are you? You're here, but your mind is a million miles away. Very true. I was daydreaming, dreaming in the day, off in my own imagination. What is our heart submitted unto? My brothers and sisters, it is by work of the Holy Spirit that our heart is submitted unto the mind of Christ, unto the eternal mind. It is no work of man. It is no ability of man. All that is done here is testifying of that reality that the Holy Spirit, by this same testimony or whatever else, may draw the attention of our heart and bring us 
from the knowledge of man below unto the eternal knowledge of God, who is Christ his Son. And that's it. Verse uh, Chapter 15 of John, verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. There he's declaring a union, my brothers and sisters. Now Jesus is not some physical vine, and we're definitely not some physical branches. He's declaring a union, a spiritual union that has, has past tense, taken place for the believer. This, is only, this only applies for the one who's born again. That has taken place the moment of new birth. This is when this happens, the moment of new birth. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, I know that man can do a whole lot. I know that Christian, the Christian can do a whole lot, my brothers and sisters, but in regard to that which is of eternal weight and of eternal value, God and God alone is the doer of it. And therefore, there is the confession, not I, but Christ. Verse 5 again, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, in emoi, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, in emoi, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Verse 7, if you abide in me and emoi, and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. Well, it seems like the Lord just kind of opens the door to anything goes. Well, that's not the case, my brothers and sisters. If anyone does not, where was it? If you abide in me and emoi, there it is. If you abide in me and emoi, that's the heart coming from being submitted to the knowledge of man below to the eternal knowledge of God in Christ above, then whose mind is operating? Unto what mind is the heart submitted unto? The mind of Christ. Then it is not my mind, but Christ. It is not my will, but Christ, the Son of the living God. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you because you will ask according to the will, the mind of God. Verse 8, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. <clears throat> and the word disciples is learners of Christ. Not it basically means learning. It means learning. It means knowing him, a person, not know, not knowing, not not learning, and not knowing his teachings or his doctrines or his message. Everything Jesus declared, my brothers and sisters, was there to direct our heart unto he himself, and it's always like that. So <clears throat> that's really all I have uh, for this lesson. The issue with God, my brothers and sisters, is a person, his very own son. So, en emoi. So, our next lesson, we'll look a little bit more at uh, John chapter 15. We'll look at verse 4, because remember, 
Uh, with man, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. We have to look, we have to, we have to know this. And of course, we can only know this by the Spirit of God bringing our heart unto this very thing in the person of Christ Jesus, the knowledge of God. Uh, even hearing it and learning it, now it's that's still the knowledge of man, learning by the knowledge of man. Because with God, it's not an issue of learning things. It is an issue of knowing his son. So I'll let you go for this lesson. We'll see you in our next lesson. Uh, the Lord bless. Amen.